Well done, guys. It was a very, very sweet time. Um, yeah, that we could just worship the Lord together. And um, I just wanted to share a short word with you this morning, just as we're going into the holidays. Um, for those, I was here last week. We've been away for quite a while. We've been away for about six weeks. I know um, uh, some, some asked if I'm a visitor. Am I a visitor in the congregation? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but no, we, we've been um, away. I've been ministering. I mentioned last week we've been in Sunningdale AM. We've been to Edgemead. We've been to Musenberg. We've been to Brackenfell. We're in Sunningdale again. We were in Wellington PM. Um, where else have we been? Uh, Paul. We went to Paul Congregation. So I've been ministering all over, and it's been, been a very busy season, along with end-of-year TMT stuff. But um, yeah, it's just really good to be back in the congregation. And um, this morning, I was wrestling a little bit because I wanted to share something with you that I, I feel like would be appropriate for us just towards the end of the year as we um, head off. And I think for most of us, at least for all of us where possible, that we are trying to find some rest. And I know normally Christmas, for many of you, means a period of rest. I know some of you, maybe you're in a work environment where your work picks up over Christmas, but if that's you, you're probably in the minority. I think for most people, you want to try and take time off, get away, um, go on holiday or have a holiday, have a staycation um, if you need to, to be at home or, you know, go to Romania or Romania. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an old one. I, I, was, I, I used to be a high school teacher and once I asked my um, matric class, and I asked them, so what are you doing for the holidays? And then we would have students that would go overseas uh, on holiday. And the one boy put up his hand and said, sir, I'm going to Romania. I was like, wow. And I, went, I launched into this whole thing of, oh, my wife's been to near Romania once skiing. And, you know, wow, that must be so interesting. I've never been to Eastern Europe. And, and then the whole class was just laughing at me. And I realized, like, okay, he's, okay, Romania, you know, he's not going to Romania. Anyway, um, and so I think, so for us time, it's a very important time to consider, but I think for many of us, we don't always consider what does biblical rest look like. And this morning, I want to speak about the rest of God and how to, how, what is biblical rest? How do we actually have a holiday almost that is holy without being so carnal that we end up having to, to kind of almost recommit our lives to the Lord after the holidays? Uh, that you kind of, you know, you feel like you've got to rest but in a way that actually takes you away from the Lord rather than towards Him. And, you know, interesting enough, the Bible has a lot to say about rest. The Bible has a lot to say about work and has a lot to say about, about, about yeah, all these things. And, uh, and so I want us to unpack a couple of things just in a very simple way this morning just to try and kind of provoke you and encourage you in terms of how are you using your rest and how are you doing it for the glory of God and for the good of your own soul and for the good of those around you, right? So let me dive into that and see hopefully that you'll we'll pick up a few things from us, from these things this morning as we look at rest in God. And so the first thing I want to start off with is the point number one is that God rests, actually. That's the first thing that I want to mention, that right from the beginning of the Bible, we find that after God works, God rests. And it's quite unusual to think that, that God would rest. And yet there's a couple of scriptures. I mean, we know it well. Genesis 2 verse 2, and I'm going to look at two scriptures together. Genesis 2 verse 2 says, And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Now, when we read this, it's like, was God tired? 
Did God need to rest? Was God so exhausted from speaking the world into existence that the Lord had to have a break? You know, as if he's limited in his power and limited in his wisdom and limited in his knowledge and limited in his strength. It's like, I'm so tired, I've got to take a day off. But God rests. And then we find another scripture, like in Exodus 31, verse 17, where we're actually in recounting, Moses recounts God's rest, and he says this in a slightly different way. And he says, It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made the heaven and made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested, and then it uses a little word and was refreshed. God rested and he was refreshed. So why did God need to be refreshed? Have you often thought about that? Why did God need to rest? Why did he need to do so? And the answer is not for his sake, but it's actually for your sake and for my sake. And uh, someone wrote this about God's rest and God's refreshing. He says this, that um, like a parent who, any of you have had toddlers before, you're trying to get your toddler to sleep. You know, I know we've, we've had three. Uh, they're all big now. But, but, and two of them are at home still sleeping because they're not feeling well. So they're actually in bed right now. And they're, they're lying in. But for those of you that have had toddlers and you're trying to get them to sleep, what a parent normally does when they're trying to get their toddler to sleep is they lie down next to their toddler and they're trying to coax their toddler. Look, daddy's also sleeping. <laughs> and then you try and lie down next to your little one, you know. And then it's like, look, shh, shh, you go to sleep because now we're also going to go to sleep. Meanwhile, of course, you like, you've got things to do and you want to get up. But it's like you need them to sleep. But sometimes often you're so tired that you end up falling asleep and then three hours later you wake up again, all right? Um, we've all been there. Well, many of us have been there. But in the same way, um, that's how God does it for us. It's as if God says, I'm going to accommodate you. I'm going to come down to your level and I'm going to show you that you should also rest and that you should also sleep. And in some ways, it's as if God as a parent lies down next to us as spiritual toddlers and says, shh, it's okay. You need to rest. And I want to show you and help you and model to you the importance of rest. Um, interesting, when it says here, if we go back to that Exodus 31, it says how the Lord rested, and it uses a little phrase, and God was refreshed. And the little word in Hebrew, refreshed, literally means to take a breather. It literally means that God <gasps> took a breather. And today we use that kind of phrase, I know, you know, it's like, hey guys, let's just take a breather, you know, like, let's just, re let's just take a break, like, <sighs> you know, do you know that saying? I don't know what's in Afrikaans, maybe, I don't know if there's a saying like that in Afrikaans, a blast kansi, okay, which basically means, like, take a breather, and don't you love the way that it says, God took a breather, that's essentially what it means, do you hear it, a blast kansi, Chafat, I said that the Lord took the Lord took a break, not because he had to, but because he was trying to make himself relatable. And what Genesis does, it uses a kind of human language where the Lord comes down to your level and my level, and he says, "I'm going to accommodate you. I'm going to show you how it's done because this thing is so important. It's such an important principle that I have to model it for you. I've got to show you how it's done." And so the Bible says that God rests. Um, and in the same way, for you and I today, you know, um, obviously he gives us this model for us to follow. And we see that rest for God is so important that not only does God make it a creation principle where God rests, but that God begins to 
codify it. He puts it into the law where he commands the people of Israel to rest. That he says, and that's what Gen, um, Exodus 31 is about. Basically, just as I have rested on the seventh day, so now I'm commanding you that you also have to rest. As I've been lying down, I'm commanding you to lie down. Right? That's what God does. And he mandated it. In fact, it was so important to the Jews that they had to rest that for those that disobeyed the day of rest, do you know what was it called? What was it called? The Sabbath, one day out of seven, that if you disobeyed the, the Sabbath and you broke the Sabbath, which was you, you didn't rest on the Sabbath, do you know what the, the consequence was? The death penalty. All right? And it was never really enacted out because people did. But for those who actually broke the law and who worked on the Sabbath, that God was so severe about it that that's how seriously he felt that he wanted them to rest. Like, you have to rest. This is important. And so the, what the law did, it mandated periods of rest where they had to rest from the work. You know, even the animals had to rest. So if you had, like, donkeys that you worked six days a week, you worked that donkey. Were you going to work, you donkey? You know? And you work that donkey six days a week. On the seventh day, you were not allowed to work your donkey. Your donkey had to have a day off as well, according to the Old Testament law. So for those guys, you've got donkeys. <laughs> you interpret that as you want. <laughs> or you've got a, you know, you've got a, it's like your whole family has to rest. Your entire household, even your pets, have to have a day off. And God also mandated not only that the animals would have to rest, but he mandated, and I want us to read this in Exodus 34, I think it's in verse 21, I'm just trying to get that, yeah, Exodus 34, 21, we find this amazing scripture in the Old Testament, it says this, incredible principle, it says, six days you shall work, but on the seventh you shall rest, and in plowing time and in harvest time you shall rest. In other words, he's saying that there are times where it's not that busy, you know, that you can rest when you don't have a lot of work to do. But he says, in the busy seasons of your life, plowing time, man, if you're a, a, a farmer, for those of you that have maybe been in farming, plowing season is very important. You've got to plow those fields to obviously sow the seed. And then he says, in harvest time, you've got to pick the harvest. You've got, to, you've got to kind of reap the harvest. And he says, but even in harvest time, leave the harvest on that day and you have to rest. In other words, he's saying this, friends, that your work never stops. And for the Jews, their work would never stop. And even in those times where you feel, but I've got so much work to do, I've got so much to do. Maybe if you're even around the house and maybe you're a, you know, a full-time home executive, for example, there's always things to do. And yet God says, stop. You need one day out of seven where somehow you've got to find refreshing and you've got to find rest. Stop working. And so for us, unfortunately, what, how it works in our world is we rest only after we've worked. Right? That's the principle for us. It's like, let me get all my work done, and then I'll rest. But God says, no, 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 no. You work until a certain point, and then you are going to choose to rest. Because the thing is this, friends, the work is never done. There's always a need. There's always something to do on your, on your to-do list. There's always something to tick off. There's always something else to make, something else to fix, something else to make money on, something else to, there's always something else. 
And God says to them, but I want you to take time off because I'm concerned about you. I want you to live a, a kind of life where you can find a rhythm of grace, where you know how to find me and you know how to be fruitful and productive. And God understood that the best way for you to be fruitful and to be flourishing and productive and to be an effective human being is through the principle of rest. So important. Now, I think when we read this as well, there are always demands, and we can relate to this. Amen? So that's very important. And, and yet we want to see this, that with God himself, there's only one person who is always working, actually, and that's God. You know that the Lord never takes a day off. And although he modeled a day off for you and I at creation, in John chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus says that I and the Father are always working. Isn't that amazing? So while God rested from creating the world, he rested from that, but God is always redeeming, always working, always strengthening. He's always working in our lives. And the reason that you and I can take a day off, or we can rest in the Lord, and we can rest from our work, is because God is actually upholding all things. And so sometimes, you know, we feel like, but if we don't rest, maybe things will fall apart. Well, that's why we trust the Lord. Things might fall apart, but he will look after those things, even when we feel we can't. And I think a lot of this goes back down to kind of, uh, 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 and it's humbling to rest. I know someone once said that, um, you, you know, that, what did they say? Something t- okay, no, I'm just going to get this wrong. But it's to do this, that every time you go to sleep, you're making a declaration that you are finite and that you need, that, that actually God is infinite. Every time that you take a day off, you're saying to yourself, actually, that I'm not like God. And if you try and work yourself to the bone and you never rest and you never find refreshing, we'll look at practically maybe what that looks like now, now. If you do that, you're saying to yourself, I am like God. I can do it all. I'm limitless. Unlimited strength and energy and power. But by you forcing to rest and learning how to sleep well, it actually is a sign. It's a humbling thing to do. And I know I've got friends that have got boundless energy. I know people like Teresa. Um, she's got so much energy. It's like, you know, it's like, rest? What's that? You know? And I know some of you, like, you, can't, you don't know how, what it means to find refresh. I'm not saying Teresa doesn't know how to find rest. But I'm saying that maybe for some of you, it's like you're just so filled with energy all the time. You always want to be doing something, always busy with something. And sometimes, friends, it's a sign that actually, you actually have to learn somehow in the Lord to find what it means to take that day off and that day of rest. Um, that we are embarrassingly limited as we do these things, all right? <laughs> and let me carry on with this. Everyone with me so far? Now, rest is also a witness. Why do we rest? And in the Old Testament, we find that rest was a witness that God came first in their life. I kind of alluded to that, but I'm going to look at Exodus 31, verse 13, where God commands the Israelites, and he says to Israel, let's read it. He says, you are to speak to my people, of this people of Israel, and say, above all, interesting that, eh? Above all. In other words, one of the greatest markers to show that they were God's people, above all other laws, above all other commands. He says, above all, you keep my Sabbaths. For this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord. I'm the Lord who sanctifies you. 
And so the fact that they took a day off was a witness to an unbelieving world that they would set a day aside to worship God and to stop from their work. And let me say, you know that the culture they lived in? They, worked, they lived in a 24-7 culture where on the Sabbath, people traded on the Sabbath. People traded on the day off, but suddenly the Jews were different because they said, uh-uh, we're not going to trade, we're not going to work on the Sabbath. And that was a witness to people that weren't believers saying, what is it about these Jews? How come we working and on that day they're not? And they're going to worship. And so what it did, it testified to their faith in God, that they were obedient to what the Lord said, even on that day when they could have made money. And you know, principles like that is something that we find in business. There's a, a well-known American um, fast food restaurant chain called Chick-fil-A. Any of you heard of Chick-fil-A? Some of you have maybe eaten from there if you've been overseas to the States. And the owner of Chick-fil-A is a Christian by the name of Truett Cathy. His name is Truett. And he's a modern-day example of someone that, as he read the Word, he felt the Lord convict him that he had to close his fast-food restaurant chain one day out of seven. And I'd like to read this to you. It says, Truett Cathy is a modern-day example of this. He was the Christian founder of the massively popular American fast-food chain Chick-fil-A, who in 1946 determined not to open on Sundays. 75 years later, and thousands of restaurants later, they still hold this value as they encourage the employees to rest, to go to church, and to spend time with family. Executives of the company have stated that the fast food chain makes as much money in six days as its competitors do in seven. Truett Cathy chose in faith to stick to doing things God's way, and this has been a testimony to his faith in Christ and a witness of God's provision. Don't you love that? That he made a choice to honor God, to give his employees a day off, and to say, I'm going to choose to obey him, because at the end of the day, we want to be those who give a witness to Jesus Christ. But if we're working all the time, if we're never finding refreshing and rest, we can actually never do that in the way that God would want you to. So what is the heart of Sabbath rest? And I'd like to end with just two simple things. Um, sorry, I threw this preach together. It's just, it was an article that I wrote um, earlier in the year, and I just felt like I, so it's a little bit higgledy-piggledy. But let me just end with this. The heart of Sabbath rest. There's two things in that I want to leave you. Number one, how do you practice Sabbath rest? How do you practice the rest of God? And the first way is you practice the heart of Sabbath rest by setting aside one day out of seven where you literally cease from your work. On that day. In other words, if you, for example, a let's just say you're a you're a, a housewife um, or you're a full-time mom, which is like massive respect to you. Obviously, you can't stop like cheers. I'm tapping out. Sorry, kids. You know, like I'm leaving you alone for the day. Obviously, that you know because it's, you know that's always quite difficult to do. But you should be doing things on that day that shouldn't be like the other six days. In other words, try not to cook meals on that day. Try to do something else where you stored up on that day to, to be able to find refreshing. Ask someone even to, to help look at, we're part of a church family where they can even help with the kids on that day that you can find time to somehow get refreshed and do something different that would be different to the other six. Um, maybe for you, you're a, um, you're, you work from home. Today that's happening more and more where obviously through COVID you've got a home office and maybe you're a salesman. 
and or saleswoman, and you know that man, it's like that, that office is calling your name, you know, it's calling you, come and work, and that laptop's drawing you in, even on the day you think like, okay, I'm going to take the day off, on, you know, and, and you choose to do that, man, make a thing that on that day you don't do any of that, or maybe for you, you're, you're, a, you're a handyman, and you're, you love to fix things, you know, that's what you do, make sure that on that day you're not fixing things around the house on your day off. But the heart of Sabbath rest is to be able to, to, to take one day out of seven that would be given over to stepping away from your usual routine, whatever that looks like. And God is not very specific, by the way. Scripture, although the people of God worshipped on, on their Sabbath, for us, while we come together, a Sabbath doesn't have to be a Sunday. So for me, I work on a Sunday. I know you think like, right, yeah, you know, you just, you just preach once a week. What do you do? You know, you just, you work once a week. Okay, come, come follow me. You'll see uh, for, for a while. That's, as you know, that's not true. But, but my day off is actually, I take a Friday off. And on that day, I don't minister. I don't, I try actually in just Aidy and I, we spend, we have a date morning together. We, I obviously spend time with the Lord. I'll, I'll try and I'll try and reflect on my week. And it's interesting that when God created, if you look back on the days of creation, each day it says he looked back on what he had done, he looked back and said it is good. And then on the sixth day, after he had made all of creation, it says he looked back on his creation and he saw that it was very good. In other words, part of his time that after he had finished working, he was able to reflect back on what he had done. And so I think sometimes it's helpful that if you're taking a holiday or taking a rest time, even if it's one out of seven or some of you are going away over Christmas, or take time to reflect back on your day off and to find something of meaning in, in, in examining what the Lord has done in you this year. But firstly, that's the thing. I would say have one day out of seven that you can, you can find a day of rest. Um, secondly, Embrace the heart of Sabbath rest through finding spiritual rest, ultimately, in the person of Jesus. Find it ultimately. It's ultimately for us as believers. It's actually not found in a physical day. While a day off is good, ultimately, the kind of rest that God gives us in the Bible is found in Him. And, and I want to close with this. It's saying, you know, Hebrews chapter 4, you can go read it on your own. But in Hebrews 4, it says that we are going to enter a rest through faith a faith in Christ, that if we believe in him and what he's done for us, that we believe that God is in heaven uh, or that Jesus the man, the perfect man, worked on our behalf and that Jesus right now is in heaven, he's representing us before the Father, that when you're in that place and you know that God has worked on your behalf, you can rest and we can find our rest in him, that we don't strive even for our salvation, because sometimes it spills over and almost trying to find earning. We're trying to earn our way to God. And God says, no, 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 no. The way that you find true rest is finding it in my son. And so what made a difference between the Jews? The Jews were, were legally mandated to have one day of rest. It was in the law. Today, the New Testament doesn't legally mandate one day of rest. It says, actually, it's a principle, but it's not under the law anymore. For us as Christians... That is found in the person of Jesus. Go to Jesus. And I want to end with this, that as you go away on holiday, yes, have the principle of time off. But if you really want to get refreshed, find Jesus these holidays. Find the person in whom rivers of living water will flow into your soul. Renew your mind. Wash you. Renew your relationships. 
Some of you have got cobwebs in your heart where you've allowed things over the year to build up and you haven't maybe dealt with even certain areas where the Lord has wanted to put his finger on. Some of you have almost like become, it's like you've allowed certain things to take place in your life. And I just feel like even these holidays, go back and say, Lord, would you search my heart? That maybe there's something within me that I've allowed to grow or, or, or fester that actually I'm going to take a step back like the Lord did to see what you've done. Lord, would it be good? But if there are areas that aren't good, Father, would you show me? And friends, I want to ask you, please, would you examine yourselves? I think it was, uh, uh, there's an old saying, it says, the, an unexamined life is not worth living. An unexamined life is not worth living. In other words, part of who we are, made in the image of God, is we're called to reflect and examine and find meaning in our work and what we've done. But friends, let's find rest in the Lord this, as we go on holiday. Let's not come back from our holiday having to, you know, repent from our sins. And let's come back on, from holiday. It's like, we can't wait for the new year. It's like, yes, bring it on. You know, come on, God. You know, I'm, I've got faith. And, and you found faith in the Lord. You've been digging your own well of, of, of life. And so you're coming to this, the new year, 2022. Man, 2020 vision. Plus two. So let me pray for us as we close. And um, I've been rambling a little bit this morning. I'm just kind of sharing some thoughts. But I hope you just get, get the heart of this. And I felt this is something that I wanted to drop with you as we encouraged in the Lord. So let's pray. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord God. Lord, we want to thank you this morning that you want to people who are rested and ready for the next season of work. That, Father, that you have called us each to work and to serve and to give. Lord, we thank you that you've called us to be fruitful and productive. That you didn't say rest six days and work one. Lord, it's work six days. It's a sense of us giving ourselves. But, Lord, that you've got a heart that we rest well. And Lord, I know that for many, maybe for many here today, that they are feeling in a place where they're needing refreshing. They need to take a breather. Um, uh, what's after transport? A blast kansi to fight. Lord, that in that place, I pray this holiday that, that each individual, Lord, would find to take a breather, would be able to catch their breath and say, and reflect back on what you've done. Our oh, Father, we pray that even over these holidays that you would come and refresh us and that we would see you afresh, the wonderful God that we serve. Lord, that even if there's some here that their picture of God has become clouded over with fog and mist, that over the holidays that you'd help them to fall in love with you again and to see this great God that they serve. Father, come, we need you, Lord God, and we don't want to find rest apart from you. Lord, we want our rest to be in you. God, in Jesus' name, would you come and do that? Can we just take a moment just to...